Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the second round of the UCI Cyclocross World Cup which took place in Maasmechelen. And as always, Isam is here to give us some expertise. Yes, thank you for having me. Let's get straight into the action. Niels van der Putten had the best start. For the first half of the race, Ron Haar was the main protagonist. He attacked, he dive-bombed into Van Turenhout, he placed another dive-bomb, but he ultimately couldn't get away, despite Nijs dropping a gap a couple of times. After some 30 minutes, Thibaut Nijs hit the front. Ron Haar tried another dive-bomb, this time on Isabit, who was in second place. That caused Isabit to make a mistake. Nijs had a small gap, but was eventually caught. We had a, still a pretty, pretty close group. There were like some 12 riders within touching distance. Then Van der Haar hit the front. Isabit parked it up on one of the hills. Thibaut parked it up on the following hill, giving Van der Haar a gap. Van der Haar had some 10 seconds on Nijs, who had been caught by Sveik. Sveik had a rear flat and dropped back. Everything looked to be set. Van der Haar with 10 seconds on Nijs. Nijs with 10 seconds on Isabit, who was making a lot of mistakes. But then Isabit finally got into a groove and stopped making mistakes. Isabit caught Nice, and Isabit went from 20 seconds to 10 seconds. The gap to Van der Haar was closing. It turned out that was because Van der Haar had a puncture. Once Van der Haar got a fresh bike, he expanded his gap again and took the victory. It's his first World Cup win since Tabor 2021. The battle for second place was won by Eli Isabit after Nice had a very weird crash in the final lap. Nice dropped down to seventh place because of that. All of a sudden, there was a podium place up for grabs between a group consisting of Philippe Orts, Joris Nieuwhuis, Lauren Sveik, and Niels van der Putten. From this group, Sveik was the strongest in the final part of the race and took that third podium spot, although Nieuwhuis might have had a puncture there, deciding that in the favor of Sveik, but we'll come to that in a bit. Van der Haar taking the win, it's something which we thought was long overdue. At some point he would take his win, he's been looking good all season so far. He's not a rider that wins a lot of races, but he always gets a couple, and today he was simply the strongest, or at least the most consistent, because compared to Isabit, his race was flawless. Yeah, but that's not so difficult to have a, a, a flawless race compared to Isabit, because I think that the amount of mistakes that Isabit was making today was... Um... That was that was not 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 good at all. <laughs> I think we should focus first on Van der Haar and his victory because I think that was a very good race from him. Uh, he looked uh, very good and he started the season a bit slow, but we, we could already see that the form was was getting better and better, and he he looked very good as well. gave a good impression in Rutherford, and so yeah, today he got also a course that you know suits him in a way. You always have to prepare yourself for the next hill. There's a lot of pressure that's going to be put on your on your legs. You know, you you always have to go for it. Position is very important, and I, you know, Van der Haar didn't make that many mistakes, and obviously he then got that gap. But then it's also a case of maintaining that, and I think he did uh, a perfect job and uh, deserved winner for sure today. Yeah, it was a good ride by him overall. It's kind of the typical Van der Haar. Tactic. He, just like Isabit, is a rider, and I guess it tells a bit for the experience they have. They just wait a bit. They don't really waste too much energy in the first part of the race. And today he just let Ronar calm down. Ronar went pretty crazy that first 30 minutes of the race, putting up the pace, attacking, 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 desperate to be in the lead, making audacious moves on the left, right, and center part of the course. Once he had settled down, Nice went. He was 
in the right position at the right moment. You could see he saw Nice at the front, he overtakes a couple of riders, is in third, wants Nice, and is a bit tangled on the steepest bank. Van Haar comes into the picture, and he then takes the lead, and because Isabit makes a mistake, and then Nice makes a mistake, Van Haar is gone. It's, it's a good tactic by him. In the first part of the race, on a course like this, with few corners, high average speed, things tend to stick together pretty well, just like we saw yesterday in Rudervoorde. It's just kind of typical for a course like this. It's not really a difficult course. There's few points where you can make the difference. It's more about just avoiding to make mistakes. And somebody who did not do that well at all was Isabit, because he was making mistakes everywhere. And for the first part of the race, all of the time as well. That that was a very weird look. It was, and it was... I haven't seen him in such a scenario that often, to be honest. I I can't really remember a race racer beat. You know, I he everybody makes mistakes, but this was, you know, for him to be uh, in a race-winning position, in my opinion. Uh, be, you know, he, he definitely didn't look bad today. But then the amount of mistakes that he was making, it, it seemed like, you know, it was not only because of a lack of technical ability or something, because it, it, it you know most of the mistakes were were made because he was rushing himself too much running on the hill and i think you know if you look at what could be a reason behind the mistakes that he made today you could argue that it might have to do with uh, the tactics that we have seen today by Balois uh, track lines instead of 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 Pausas this time with with the Ronhar that had a very good start and was at the front with nice racing there in and out in between and, and, and Ronhard doing the same thing. I think he was just too much with his head in, in the team tactics and, you know, oh, I might get screwed over in this hill and stuff. And he didn't keep his head cool, in my opinion. And that cost him, I guess, because it was... And, and then when you get in such a... You know, when you make mistake after mistake, it's very difficult to get out of that vibe that you're in in the race. You know, it, it, it just... You know, it just goes. It, it gets worse and worse, and at a certain point, you know, it was was quite bad. But he, you know, he still had good legs, and eventually, it was the good legs that put him in a position where, you know, then with the circumstance of Sveik having the tire and uh, the flat tire, and and Nice having his crash in the last lap, where he then could uh, cruise to second. But yeah, it was a lot of unnecessary mistakes, and not 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 the best of races for Eli Izerbit, despite his second place. Yeah, that second place, it just doesn't tell the story of his race. Sure, second is a decent result, but on a course like this, Isabit is one of the best riders in the world to ride up those steep banks. Like, for sure, he's already one of the best cyclocross riders, but on those steep banks, that's maybe the strongest point he has. Last year in Neil, he was able to ride up the Muur van Neil there, super steep climb. He's just so good at it. He always keeps something behind. You could see it yesterday in Rudervoorde when he won. Where did he make the difference? On a steep bank. He is super good at it. But I will agree with you. Isam. The reason that he was struggling was because he was over eager. He was ahead of himself on the running parts. He wasn't concentrated enough on getting the foots in the right place. He kept tumbling. He kept running into the side of the course, into the banners there. He was stuck behind a pole. Sure, that was the most difficult corner of the race where he crashed. We saw Holnar make a weird crash there. But I, I would agree that he that he looked over-eager. He didn't want to be in a position, as in the beginning of the race, where Nice drops the gap to Ronhar. Ronhar later 
return the favor with that very, very big dive bomb Formula One style on Isabit. I was not really a fan of that. I understand that Rona was trying to take the inside line there of the corner, but there was really no space there. Unlike when Thibaut made the move there. When Thibaut made the move there, Isabit was way on the outside. When Ronar made the move, Isabit was covering the inside. It was a bit too much there. I'm not a fan of team tactics when Paul Sauzer do them like this. I'm not a fan of them when Bawa's Trek do them either. In the last part of the race, Isabit got his things together and ended second, but that could very well have been a third or a fourth place even, because Sveik had a flat, rear flat, when he was in the wheel of Thibaut Nice, and Sveik made a very good impression today. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, <laughs> it is a shame that we could not see how his race would end if the, the puncture didn't come for him but you know on a course like this most of the riders that were at the front had at least one puncture uh so it's you know that was just the course i guess and for him it just was at a very bad moment the moment where he finally got through in the race but then he fought himself back quite well and and, and got that third spot so i think that for him uh, if you look at how his season started with that crash in Beringa then he, he has to you know kind of get himself uh, back together with that injury that he have had in his calf it seems that now it is getting better and better for Sveik and he's getting back a little to that level that he uh, reached last year um, and that's uh, <laughs> on a good moment I guess because you know good races are coming up uh, in the next coming weeks and especially next week. I think he still misses like half a percent in terms of form to be able to completely compete. But where I thought he struggled with the accelerations yesterday, today there was not that much accelerating on this course. There were hardly any slow corners. Overall, I would say that the changes to the course have been positive. It's much better than last year. Riders aren't complaining about it being unsafe. There was still quite a bit of punctures. I also still don't really like this course. There's not really a point that can make a difference and it's it's all right i would just give it an average grade it's one of my favorites i don't necessarily hate it either but yeah nevertheless without the acceleration here it, it looked to be a better course for Sveik than yesterday and he seemed to be going pretty well and there's still some time i think he will at some point reach the same form as last year and start winning a couple of races Let's look at that entire top 10 then. Van der Haar didn't only win the race, he also leads the World Cup by one point on Isabit and two on Thibaut Nice. I think it's interesting that a first and a fifth is worth one point more than two times a second. I'm not really a fan of it, I think it favors the win a little bit too much at the moment in the World Cup, but it is what it is. Van der Haar with one point on Isabit in the standings, one place ahead of him today in the result. Third place was for Zweig, fourth for Van der Putten. Ort ended fifth ahead of Nieuwenhuis. Nice seventh after that crash. Decent result by Mason in eighth. Good result by Kamp in ninth. At the start, he almost went into the barriers, but he managed to avoid that. Starting straight was narrow, not long. A bit of an incident there. It happens, was like 30, 35th going into the first corner, but managed to survive. Rides back to ninth, decent, and a tenth place was for Kevin Kuhn, which was also a solid result. But, of course, the standout results here are 4th place for Niels van der Putten and especially that 5th place for Philippe Orts. These riders were in the podium fight and that is not something that we say all too often after a World Cup, is it, Isam? No, absolutely not. Great to see. Um, you know, yesterday for, for in, in Rutherford for Orts it was a very, very good result after all the circumstances that he had to endure in that race. And 
today I don't think that he had a lot of issues uh, in this race, but still, you know, he he managed to to get through through the field quite well, and 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 was up there fighting in in a group that eventually was fighting it out for third and. Uh, I think that he, you know, in a way got got the maximum out of it. Of course, maybe he could have gotten a position more, but in my opinion, it's still a super result for him, especially if you look at the preparation that he had uh, in, in, in the races that he did in, in Spain. You know, it was a bit hard to guess where his level would be compared to the ones that were then racing in, in Belgium. Get a confirmation now with these two races, the last two races, that, okay, it is... The form is there. Uh, Orts is, is, you know, is in a very good shape, and it's uh, it's going well for him. So, I hope that he can maintain that, uh, that he can build on that, and you know, it's uh, important. And you know, I think that um, th- that is that is what you need. Kind of these kind of results, a top five here, uh, top maybe a fourth place there. You know, that helps with the motivation. You can build on that, and then hopefully you can work towards maybe a podium somewhere. So. You know, everything is possible in the sport of cyclocross. So in the end, we have to see how how this season will play out. But, you know, very encouraging results for for him. Throwing out the cliches there with everything is possible. But yeah, nevertheless, a great ride by him. And I don't even think this is a great course for him. Orts is a rider who has a fabulous technique. His cornering is quite literally insane. And there weren't that many. Well, there were many corners, but not corners that made a difference here. There were a lot of twists here making overtaking difficult as Lars van der Haar said in his post-race interview but not ones where you can actually make a difference on technique and I think that's also why Thibaut Nice was slightly worse than what we had seen previously from him this season this was not a good course for him there was not a lot of elevation where he could make a difference on power there was not a single difficult technical section here where he could make a difference on having a better technique and then he runs into Van der Haar and Isabit being superior today. And that's racing. That crash at the end was a pretty weird one by the young Belgian. I'm still not entirely sure what happened. I don't think he knows what happened. His initial reaction probably was, well, how did I crash here? I'm pretty stupid. I think he hurt his shoulder, well, not badly, but significantly. Because after that, when he was in that group fighting for third place, he tried to pick in and compete but he quickly felt that his shoulder was hurting and saw make some movements with it that was game over for him and eventually that third place as said went to Sveik. I do think however that something weird was going on with Newhouse is some uh, we can be pretty short I, I guess he must have had a puncture there at the end. Yeah I, I, I you know I do not expect that he had difficulties to maintain his position in the last lap and he looked very good in the race um, so I you know I don't expect him with the experience that he has to overstep and and not to have um, enough energy to to you know complete uh, the last lap in in a competitive position I mean still a, a very good result for him but you know I think that in the end, uh, what we saw from him in this race is uh, promising, and uh, it kind of the hopes that we had uh, for him that in later part of the season, you know, he will grow into uh, one of the contenders for for podiums and, and 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 maybe even race wins, is is definitely there. The potential is there, so I think an, a good race for him, and uh, definitely something where he can um, work with for the next races. 
Final rider I would like to mention in that battle for the podium spot is Niels van der Putte. Yesterday in Rudeforde he made a good impression. He was up there, faded towards the end of the race. Good to see that today he could stick through with it. Kind of the opposite as what happened to Kevin Kuhn. Yesterday Kuhn was the rider who could put it through. He ends 10th today, which I think is still a very good result. He can look back upon a good weekend of racing with a 4th and a 10th place. We have a couple of other... Things to note from outside of the top 10. Slightly disappointing result by Gerben Kuipers who ends 14th. I would have expected a bit more. This course is good for him. On the other hand, he is still relatively inexperienced, relatively young. Double race weekends, maybe not ideal, not perfect. But at some point, I will keep saying it, it will come. As well outside of the top 10, a finish for Pim Ronhaar. He started making too many mistakes after doing too much work in the first part of the course, but he did at least make the finish. We had a couple of riders who didn't make the finish. Michael van Turenhout, DNF. I don't think he is actually sick, considering he was already sick when they were in the US and he was super strong yesterday. I think he either ate something bad and then maybe was a bit feeling, feeling bad today, just not fit. Something must have happened. Maybe he messed up his feeding plan or something, but DNF for him. Also a DNF for Jens Decker, who just posted on Twitter that he probably broke his radius after a crash, which is not ideal to say the least. Then Islam, it's time to go to Dutch word of the week. And the Dutch word of this week is Foutenlast, a very cross-specific word. What does it mean? Well, it, it, the Foutenlast, uh, the Dutch word, it means um, if, if you are making, if, if your Foutenlast is very high, hoog, it's, it's about a situation where you, you are making a lot of mistakes in a race. Or at least it is maybe a race where you could make a lot of mistakes uh, that they play a role, and, and you know the the more mistakes that you make, obviously the the higher the fountain lust uh, becomes. So, a prime example I would say is probably the race of Iserbiet, where there was a uh, uh, you know a lot of of mistakes made from his end, and then you can uh, say about him that uh, you know his uh, fountain lust uh, was very hoog uh, high. So then in you know that is that is the word of the week. Yeah, it's very specific to courses. So if you have a course like Rudevoorde, this is a course where the fountainlast is hoog. The, the, the pressure to make mistakes is there all of the time. There's many corners, there's many tricky up and down sections where it's super easy to make a mistake. And normally these are not mistakes that cause you to crash. These are just mistakes that cause you to lose a couple of seconds. So exactly as Isam said, the fountainlast of Iserbiet on a course which probably had a relatively moderate fouter last, was high. He made a lot of mistakes on small sections, which cost him a couple of seconds, but it was not a knockout blow. So that is probably what fouter last means, as, in as good English as we can explain it. It is a very Dutch word. It gets used all the time in the broadcast. But somebody who certainly didn't have any issues with her Foutelast today was Femme van Empel because she dominated the women's race pretty much from start to finish again. She took the lead from the start right away. For the first lap, Seno Carmen Alvarado was in her wheel. But then in that second lap, Alvarado crashed. Just as I praised her yesterday in the podcast for 
not making that many mistakes. She was struggling, she crashed, she broke her shoe. And from there on, Van Empel cruised towards victory. She won by nearly a minute and a half. Second place did go to Alvarado, but that was not an easy battle. She fell into the hands of Van Alphen after that crash. Then she changed her shoe, chased Van Alphen, caught Van Alphen, made a couple of mistakes. Van Alphen passed her again, but in the final two laps, Alvarado managed to get rid of Van Alphen. Alvarado ended second, Van Alphen third. Another easy win for Van Empel is some, I think, I would just almost say Van Empel, period. Van Empel season, in the, uh, indeed, inderdaad. We are in the Dutch now right now, but did we expect something else? No, not really. It is the situation we're in right now. But again, for her, you know, just from the start, took the lead and, um, you know, show, showed how uh, how winning is done, I guess. And she has showed it already a couple of times this season and, uh, is probably going to show that for a couple more races this season as well. So, yeah, another good performance in the end. A couple of small mistakes, but the gap was so big already that, you know, it didn't really matter. So everybody can make mistakes. So, you know, at the end, it doesn't really matter, especially if it doesn't influence your result in the end. So uh, very strong race by her again. And, um, you know, it looks uh, looks very good for her at the moment. There's really not not much more I can say. Unfortunately, it was just... Pure class, as you said, a couple of mistakes, but on a course like this, everybody will make a few mistakes, especially on those banks, or uh, I don't really know the, what the need is to put in that off-camber they did, I guess just every race needs to have an off-camber these days, and most of the time they're just looking for one, that corner there was tricky it was not a technical difficulty it was just going as slow as you can to avoid crashing because you didn't want to get off because you couldn't properly remount on the off camera for a while but yeah to make a couple of mistakes there is natural i think Alvarado made a couple of mistakes too much i just spent yesterday in the podcast half of the episode and half of the segment on the woman's side just praising her oh she doesn't make many mistakes you hardly see her make mistakes and today she crashes, she makes a couple of mistakes after, I think it just happens sometimes, I guess, but the interesting comment was that she said in her post-race interview, if I didn't crash, which she said she was hurt, which we could see her knee was bleeding for the rest of the race, but she said if I didn't crash, I think I could have sticked with Van Empel too deep into the final part of the race. I'm not entirely sure what to make from this, I kind of respect the commitment, but I guess my conclusion is no way. Yeah, I, I, I heard that interview as well. And it reminds me a little bit of, of, of fighting in a way, boxing. Uh, the fighters themselves, you know, they when they go into a ring, into, into a fight, even if their opponent is stronger, you still go with the mentality of I can beat him. And I think that that mentality is, is kind of what you need in a way. I mean, otherwise it's going to be almost pointless to race. If you always assume that it's going to be for second place so i you know in a way it's it's positive uh in another way you don't need to turn that positive vibe that you have around you and and and, and the the idea that you have that you're able to to challenge van empel into some sort of uh, a delusion in a way you know it doesn't need to go that far but i don't think that it went really that far i think that she truly believed that she had very good legs uh, and that is not a crazy idea considering probably the, the, the race win that she had in, in Rutherford. So she probably went with those legs to, to Maas Mechelen. And then, yeah, you have to you have to give yourself some hope, I guess, because if you're already assuming that you're going to be losing, that's 
that's in my opinion also not the right mentality but as i said you don't have to go too far in in that statement of saying that you are able to beat van empel so you shouldn't be making too much out of it in the end of the day if we would have ended up in such a scenario we almost are certain that she wouldn't have beaten van empel today but it is it is what it is so it, it could be very good for for psych, for the cyclocross in the women's side if if alvarado would actually be able to to match van empel in in some of the races it would be great if she could compete and i think you just basically said that she's not going to sit around and conclude well i'm going to easily be best of the rest or easily between parentheses but never challenge Van Empel, so it's good that she has the hope or at least the belief that she can do that, and it would be good if she can. So I can kind of understand it, but I think realistically looking, she wouldn't have won today. But still, it's a decent race, and I think somebody who put in a very good race is Anik van Alphe. One of our first podcasts, we had the first segment of Noah in the Field. I interviewed her there very briefly. She said, I want to try and be one of the main factors in a super prestige or x2o race and then maybe try and get a world cup podium she does it now and she completely deserved it today she rode a super strong race super mature just didn't really make any mistakes and ultimately on the woman's side the gaps in terms of form level or performance level is a bit higher in the men's race it comes together a bit more here you just see that everybody at the front of the race comes where they belong without any tactics being involved. Today she was the third strongest and yeah, she ends on that third place, which is very good for her. If we look at the entire top 10, we see that behind the top three of Van Empel, Alvarado and Van Alphen, we see Van der Heide ahead of Marie Schreiber. Benveld ended sixth ahead of Casa Sola in seventh. Eighth place for Alicia Frank. Ninth place was for Anna-Marie Worst and tenth was for Zemanova. Let's run it down from top to bottom. At the end of the race, there was a pretty interesting battle for that fourth place. Van der Heide was there for a while, then fell back, but ultimately had something left in the tank, ending fourth, kind of where we would expect her. But a fifth place for Schreiber is a very good result. I think it is her best result in a World Cup. I think she also ended fifth in Dublin, but there is a stronger field at the start here, I would argue. Just a good race, a bit inconsistent, especially if you compare it to yesterday when things didn't go well, but a good race by her. Totally. I think, uh, again, uh, one of her trademarks, having a very good start on a course like this puts you in a very good position, I would say. Then, obviously, you know, she's at the moment not really at the level where she could maintain that very fast start. But I still think that she did a very good job in um, maintaining a position where I think she, you know, she belongs with this field. So I, you know, in that sense, you know, very, very, very good result. And yeah, it's you know, uh, yesterday in Rutherford, it wasn't the greatest of of, of races for her, but uh, she really bounced back and used this race to, uh, you know, to make the best out of it and still go away from this weekend with a very good feeling. So I think that for her, it was, um, yeah, very good result. I think most of the riders up there kind of surprised me in a positive way. I must say, it does help. There was a crash in the first lap. Van Alphen was ahead of that. The other riders here were ahead of that. But it took down Vorst. It took down Bakker, Zemanova. Betsema was behind it. All these riders significantly had their race impacted by that. It does help that those riders were hit back and weren't in the mix here. It's super difficult to ride from group to group on this course. But still, nevertheless, a good result by Schreiber for Benfeld to be up there. 
like just for Benfeld to be close to the level of Van der Heide is a very good step. We can't completely put it down on that crash. It doesn't hurt them, but it was just a good race. And Alicia Frank was in that mix for a while and eighth, which is a very good result for her. But maybe the most surprising in a way here is the result of Sara Casasola, the Italian, ending seventh. Her previous best in the World Cup was eighth, but that was in Val di Sol. This is the first time she does it in a race of this level. She's been winning a couple of races this season. She won all the four races she did. She still won in Bulgario yesterday, made the trip from Italy to Maasmechele for the World Cup. She was going well in the first lap, had a dramatic second lap, but then got her lap times down, was lapping the same times as Alvarado from there onward. Ultimately, in the final lap, doesn't have it to still be Triver or Bentveld, but still seventh is a very good result for a rider from Italy who seems to develop at a different pace than somebody like Van Androoy. She's 24, but there's still significant improvements coming from her, despite that we never really saw her as the biggest talent in those U23 categories. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, it, I think the most important thing that you said there is that there is there is a difference in development. We should not expect that if someone is, you know, somewhat having disappointing results or is not really on, on a certain level at the age of 21, 22, it doesn't mean that you know, he or she is not going to be able to reach a level, uh, a certain level when she reaches or he reaches the the age of 25, 26. There is still, uh, there is still possibility of some growth and it depends really from person to person, from, you know, the the, the capabilities that you have in, with your body and the, the attributes that you have as a rider. So, you know, it is... I would say a bit of a surprise, obviously, that Casasola is able to finish so well on a course like this today. Uh, but, you know, it's in a way also she's at an age right now where you still can make some improvements. Not the biggest, but you can still have your improvements left and right. And if you have the right support, you can still reach that. So I think it's a good example of, of being patient in your career and that you have to be patient with certain riders and that's not always, you know, we... Uh, we we have these talents right now that at the age of 21, 22 already need to achieve things that is not even uh, achieved by people that are 26, 27, 28. So it's, you know, sometimes we maybe ask a little bit too much and in the end we are all humans and, you know, it's not always uh, an easy road for for these athletes to, to reach the, the, the highest level. So I think that, you know, we we should maybe take that more into consideration with certain talents and teams should do that as well. Uh, and I think that it's very good to see Casasola doing so well. So, you know, I hope that we can see her a little bit more often in the top 10 in the next coming uh, World Cups and, and the races that she's going to do. Yeah, for sure. And even at this age, you can still make big steps. It just depends, like, when have you started? Brandt has made insane steps in her technique at an even older age, but she started later and didn't have that. I mean... From my limited knowledge I have from Casasola, I will admit it, I do not know all the details. I think she is a rider that does well on courses that have few corners. Last year she ended fifth at the European Championships in Amur, which is a very technical course. I was at that race. What I recall, and I'm trying to dig deep in my memory now, is that she struggled in the downhills, but on the cobbled climb and just the more climbing sections, she did well. That was not the race with the strongest start field. A couple of riders that are racing elites were then racing U23s. But 
gives an idea. She was 11th in Diegem, which is a fast course. She was 12th in Hogerheide, which was another fast, not t technical course. So I think this is her type of course that we had here in Maasmechelen, but that doesn't take anything away from what is a very good performance. I would like to say that the performance by Zemanova to end 10th here is also good. She is another rider like Casa Soda who does well on the less technical courses. This is a good course for her, good result, especially after that crash in lap one where Vorst was launched into the back of Zemanova and Bakker. And you have to feel for Manon Bakker yesterday, the mechanical, today the crash and the puncture. I spoke to her earlier this week and for that we will dive into my report from the Nacht van Boerde. Noah in the fields. Hello everyone and welcome back to Noah in the fields. Today we are in Woerde, which doesn't really qualify as a field because we are in a city crit, but we should be in for some good racing. Fem van Empel racing the women's race as the big favorite, but Zoe Buxit racing. It should be a very good course for her, although a couple of features might be too technical. Men are racing after. Can Lars van der Haar make it seven wins in a row? We will need to wait and see. You'll have opposition from Lauren Zweig and a couple of other guys. It should be a good evening of racing here. Two minutes remain to start the race. Two minutes avant le départ. The women elite race just finished. We saw a dominant display by Femme van Empel. As expected, another comfortable win for her. The second place battle was pretty interesting. We had a fight between the Greyland Corendon duo Bakker and Van der Heide with Schreiber also backset in the mix and finally in the last lap Van Alphen joined that group. Van Alphen never really featured in it. It was Bakker who was pretty much the strongest the entire race who took that second place. Third place was for Backset, which was maybe a tad surprising because Van der Heide looked better. Schreiber ended fourth. There was a bit of a tangle between Van der Heide and Van Alphen on the final bridge. But let's try and see if we can speak with Mari Schreiber. With me here now is Manon Bakker, the runner-up of today's race. You came back from a trip to the US. How was it? A lot of fun. <laughs> it was uh, good at the US and uh, I had a good feeling, good for the morale. And today it was a really hard race. We had like a group and uh, yeah, we had to battle to get in good position on the last part. And I was in front and I was like, okay, it's going to be hard for them to pass me. And yeah, I made it home. <laughs> super difficult to pass in the final part of the course from where would you say it was crucial to be in the leading position of the group uh just behind the second bit you had like a up down part and you had to be in front of that like, so i passed marie uh just before that on the road we had the corner to the right and then to the left on the field and i passed there on the inside on the field to get in first and then i knew okay if i don't do anything stupid, nobody can pass me anymore. And I knew I could ride them because the other laps we had to run it because we were in the group and I knew if I'm in front I can ride those things. So yeah, I knew then, okay, just stay focused and you can make it. Fem looks to be a class above the rest so far. Is the goal for now to try and close that gap or maybe just focus on the placements behind? Focus on the placements behind. She is so much better than us. It's I don't think we're going to make it this year, maybe next year. We'll see, and yeah, Fem is just super strong, and for now, just focus on maybe getting second or top five races, we'll see. A lot of people ask us, how is Fem that much better? Is it power, is it technique, is it a combination of both? 
Uh, it's definitely power. I don't. I think technical, she's not that much better. I think, well, maybe even better, but she's so strong. It looks like she's going to the bakery and riding, but she's so fast. It's crazy how fast she is, and yeah, we can't follow her. And final question: What are your goals for the upcoming weeks, or maybe the rest of the season? Uh, definitely the World Cup. So I would like to finish top five in the end classification of the World Cup. That's the goal, and hopefully get some nice results. The Europeans is maybe not my course, so it will be difficult to get like a really, really good result. But just try my best, and we'll see. Maybe something crazy will happen. You never know in Pontchateau. It's a weird course. Thank you very much, and good luck this weekend. Thank you. Uh, that was not Mary Schreiber, but it was Manon Bakker, the runner-up in today's race. The men's race by now has also finished. Lars van der Haar has successfully extended his subscription on the win here, taking his seventh win in a row. It was a pretty close race, a battle with Lauren Zweig. Pim Ronnaar did a lot of work in the first part of the race. No surprise to see him blow up in that final part, ending third. Ryan Kamp was in the mix for a while, but crashed twice. Ended sixth. The fourth place was for Nieuwenhuis. Difficult name, even if you're Dutch. But Nieuwenhuis in fourth. He was really strong. I think he could have been in the mix for the win if he had a good start. But he didn't, which meant he was chasing the entire race. Let's see if there are still some people around on the parking to talk to. Unfortunately, between the race ending, rushing to the press room for pictures and everything, it was not possible to speak to somebody. And we need to catch our train home now, but it was a nice day out in Woerde. It would have been a bit better if they had press fest making the life a lot easier, but still not a bad race. It was a fun event. Probably it will be back next year. It was nice to introduce my Univrend Yuri to his first cyclocross experience. And with that, we will wrap it up in Woerde. Next race on the schedule, Troy. Then let's take a look at some real results in the rest of Europe. As promised yesterday, I would start in Denmark where they had a night race in Aarhus. Arne Vrachte took the win ahead of Seppe Rombouts and Wout Jansen. The women's race there was won by Femke Gort ahead of Lucels and Teresa Vanikova. The racing there today was won by Arne Vrachte ahead of Wout Jansen and Daniel Wiesnielsen. The women's race was won by Femke Gort ahead of Teresa Vanikova and Andort Lispicht. There was also racing in Spain. Les Frank had a race close to Barcelona. González Macho took the win ahead of Mario San Milan. Third place there was for Raúl Mira. The women's elite race was won by Irene Bragado. Second place was for Sara Talnes. And Nahi Arena Quintanilla took the third place there. There was also racing in Italy, a C2 race. The in Francesconi, Marek Conwa took the win ahead of Samuel Leone and Antonio Volcarelli. Eva Lechner took the win on the women's race ahead of Rebecca Gariboldi and Marlène Petit-Girard. There was also racing in France, the Riva Bell Cross, Normandie CX, Jorman Laurijse took the win ahead of Aaron Dox and Clément Horny. Evita Muzic won the women's race ahead of Joyce van der Beke and Alexandra Vallade. 
The results from the Lithuanian National Championships are not in yet. I will give them to you in tomorrow's podcast, which will be about the really rad festival of cyclocross. Isam, see you tomorrow to discuss that racing. Thank you for being here again. (laughs) Yes, see you tomorrow and uh, thank you for having me. That will cover it for this episode of the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Coming up tomorrow, a podcast about really rad festival of cyclocross. Weekend of racing there was pretty good yesterday. Hopefully some more to come tonight. Then we will also be bringing you in that same podcast a bit of a preview for the Pan American Championships. Later this week on Thursday you'll have a podcast about the Koppenberg. On Friday your European Championships preview will come out and then we are ready for a weekend of racing European Championships and Pan American Championships. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye.